Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Baylor Law Criminal Law Society podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Farrell, and I am joined here today by the executive assistant at the Fort Bend County District Attorney's Office, Mr. Wesley Wittig. How are you doing this morning, Wesley? Fine. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us today. And um, so we kind of start these things off with um, your story, what led you into criminal prosecution and um, what led you to where you are today. So I'll let you take it away. Thank you. Uh, my parents are public servants. My brother's a public servant. Uh, public service is in our blood. Uh, I'm an Eagle Scout. Scouting is very has a very strong focus on service and citizenship. And so when I decided to go to law school, I knew I wanted to be a prosecutor. Uh, I mean, it was raised pro-law enforcement. Uh, and, and so it's just a natural fit, you know, for me. And that's really important, right, to find your fit and what you want to do. The great thing about law is that there is a legal component to just about any interest or passion or educational path you might, you might take. So I, I think that's good for lawyers overall, that they can find something they'd like to do with a rewarding career. Right. But for me, uh, I, I am from the Austin area. It's where I grew up, uh, but uh, went to A&M, uh, Texas A&M for undergrad, and then was looking at schools that law schools that were known uh, to train trial lawyers, because as a prosecutor, obviously, you're going to be a litigator. And, and one of those schools was South Texas College of Law in Houston. And that's where I was admitted. And that's where I went to law school uh, and, and did my three years full time. While I was in law school um, and, and wanting to get an internship, um, I, I found my way to the Fort Bend County DA's office as a legal intern. So I interned in our office a couple of times while I was in law school. And then was fortunate enough that when I graduated and passed the bar, that there was an opening uh, coming up shortly thereafter. And, and I got that opening. And so I've been in the Fort Bend DA's office my entire career, including my internship while I was in law school. Started off as a misdemeanor prosecutor, which is typical. Well, first of all, I should mention the Fort Bend DA's office handles all criminal matters in Fort Bend County. Some counties are different. The county attorney does misdemeanors, the district does felony. We do everything here from traffic right. tickets up to the capital murders. So I began here as a misdemeanor prosecutor, which is the standard entry level back then. It paid less than $40,000 a year. Uh, now our starting salary is uh, 79,000 and change. Nice. So we, we started just under 80. Um, was a misdemeanor prosecutor in, in, in a couple of different divisions, uh, including juvenile at the time, and then uh, promoted up to, to felony after about four years with the office. Uh, and that was also typical. We have, uh, our misdemeanor level, we call it attorney one. Uh, you could be in juvenile, you could be in intake, you could be in misdemeanor, and you can kind of rotate around so you can get some different looks and different experiences. And once you promote up, then you're up. And there's there's several different divisions. In general felony, we have other specialized divisions, including domestic violence. We have felony positions in our juvenile division, um, you know, child abuse, economic crimes, special crimes, all kinds of things. And so you could promote up into one, any one of those divisions and or lateral between them once you're a felony attorney, if you wish. Less movement, right, in the felony level, but you can, you can shift around. Uh, and from there, we, we are developing 
middle management positions more as our office grows. This gives people a chance to promote, uh, you know, maybe sooner or with less experience than becoming a division chief. Large offices allow you to move up and down, up and down with little bumps and pay along the way. We're not big enough for that yet. So once you promote up, you stay up. And then from there, you could be a court chief and then maybe a deputy division chief, division chief. And that's pretty much the structure. I am, I am actually the second assistant district attorney now. Uh, we retitled it. Uh, so I'm second to the first assistant who's been to the DA. So um, I don't try cases anymore. I manage the office along with the DA and first assistant because it takes a lot of uh, manpower to manage an office of our size, um, you know, not just trying the cases. Right. Speaking of like your office size, how many attorneys do you staff right now? Or 83. 83? 83. Oh, that's a a large office. I mean, y'all are right outside of Houston, if I'm correct, right? Correct. We are a a bedroom community uh, of of Houston in that sense. Uh, But Fort Bend County is is a a really fantastic place to live. And the county is working on developing, you know, enough industry here in the county that you don't have to live here, but travel into Houston to work. Mm -hmm. So, Great parks, great schools, um, great standard of living. Um, you know, I, again, I'm not from here, but I've raised a family here and, and couldn't couldn't be happier with Fort Bend County as a whole. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, and we were talking a little bit before the podcast started. You currently are running the internship program at the Fort Bend County DA's office. So um, right. do you mind kind of explaining how you guys look for interns and then um, what the internship program is kind of like, what interns get to do and stuff like that. Sure. We run interns year round. I know Baylor's on quarters. So, uh, but forgive me if I speak of semesters and summer, uh, <laughs> but, but we take them year round. Uh, the summer is extremely competitive because people, you know, come home for the summer. Uh, and so there's more applicants, you know, than is typical. We have three law schools in Houston. So there is a, you know, our backyard right here, we have a lot of interest there as well, but we have lawyers from, from all over the state and the nation here who went to school everywhere. We have Baylor grads in our office uh, as well as other schools. And we are known for having a dynamic hands-on internship program. It's been like that since I was here as an intern and I had a great experience and I want others to have a similar experience. We're not just going to bring you in and sit you in the corner and tell you to shut up and be glad you're here. Just be quiet. You are going to do work. You're going to work shoulder to shoulder with the lawyers doing lawyer work. Uh, I know you're not here to be a file clerk. You're here to learn how, how we do the job. So that's what we do. We love law students. Obviously, they know the most and can do the most. And if you're far enough long in school, you qualify, qualify for uh, the the temporary trial card, the, the supervised practice card from the state bar, and we can actually let you litigate, uh, you know, under our supervision. Uh, right. I did that as an intern, and I, I think that was very valuable. When I interviewed places, um, I could tell the difference that it made when I had done an internship and knew the job. Mm-hmm. So so generally, do they are all the interns with the misdemeanor division, or do they get to go kind of work with felony, or is it kind of a mix of wherever their first choice is, or how does that work? It's a mix. I'm not going to say it's their first choice. It's more right. or where I, where I place them. So the best answer uh, for a prospective intern is I'm just happy to be there. I'll, I'll intern in any division. But what I look at, 
I look at a resume, I look at their previous experience, uh, I look at their college education to see if there's things that fit, right? So maybe someone who has an, an undergraduate focus in finance might work better in our economic crimes division because they'll actually get it, right? Uh, if you've interned uh, in another DA's office and you're in a particular division, I'm going to try to put you in a different division so that you have a different look. So you have a, a broader experience. Um, it also depends on your availability because I'm going to try to match your schedule with an assignment where you get to see both, you know, courtroom activity and office activity. So you, you kind of mix all those things together yeah. and, and somehow it works. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so then after that, obviously you kind of run into like the hiring process in your next couple of years. So what is your guys' sort of hiring process? Do you do the sort of post-bar internship thing into, um, hire, or is it, um, like you hire pre pre-bar results or how does that work for your office? Sure. Let me start kind of early in that process. If you are an intern with us, you know, during your, your final year of law school, let's say, uh, or the final summer, I try to place you in misdemeanor division specifically because that's going to give you a timely relevant experience to your entry level hire, no matter where you go, whether it's us or somebody else. So I try to focus, you know, senior, you know, law students in that area. Uh, to help you get, you know, gain employment somewhere. But aside from that, yes, we do take graduate uh, law students as interns. Important to know, none of our internships are paid. So everything is, is unpaid. Uh, it doesn't matter to me whether you're a college student, law student, whether you're getting credit or not, it's the same program. So you're not going to suffer, uh, you, you know, for, for lack of any of those things. But we do routinely host law students who are pending bar results. Uh, and and it, it's a honestly, it's a great interview, right? It, it's much better than a, than a one or two hour sit down where you just talk to each other. I mean, this is really a chance to see and do and show your stuff. And and if we don't have an opening, you know, we certainly you know are going to give you a good reference somewhere. Uh, it's a it's a small world once you get to know everybody in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we we do that. We do not have a a formal pre commit program, so you have to be licensed before we can hire you. Okay, so a formal employment offer won't come until you pass the bar exam. But most of our attorneys here were interns somewhere, and a lot of them were interns in our office. And yeah. so while we obviously can't hire everybody who interns, um, very, very often it's the, the pathway to, to employment here, even if you have to go to another office first for a couple of years because we don't have an opening. That's great. I mean... I think that's fun to to get to be able to intern in an office and then end up being employed in that office. I think that's a it's a good deal. So um, it's definitely a good step towards like an interview process, getting to work for that same office. Yeah, I, I consider myself you know you know blessed that I got to work here. Um, very true. My first day as an intern, uh, as a two L, I knew I wanted to work in this office by lunchtime. So a half day of being here. Uh, mm-hmm. was enough for me to know. And of course, I didn't get to do a whole lot in my first half day, but it was the people. It was the people I met, the people I was working with, the way they interacted with each other, um, the way the way they got along. It, and you can do this job in any one of the 254 counties in the state. It's the same state law after all. Mm-hmm. But who you do it with, that's what makes it special. Right. And that was very apparent in this office. And it's still that kind of place. 
Yeah, we were talking a little bit before about like your office philosophy. Um, do you mind kind of delving into that and um, describing what you guys, uh, what your philosophy is at your office? Sure. So I've, I've been prosecuting for almost 25 years. So I've been around long enough that when we started, the the mantra was tough on crime. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and there was nothing wrong with that. That was the way you did things. And so there really wasn't a different way. And while we weren't necessarily locking everybody up, you did punish people harshly. And deterrence is the obvious you know, rationale behind that. Right. And if I punish you harshly, then you won't do this again. Others see that they won't do it either. The problem with tough on crime uh, that everybody's learned these days is that, you know, if you do lock someone up, I mean, they get out at some point, they come home, they are no better off than when they went in. Sometimes they're worse. And so they continue to prey upon your community. Well, if public safety was, was a short game, okay, we win, but it's not, it's a long game. And so we've really not made a difference in the end. I mean, ideally we want to put ourselves out of business. I mean, it's never going to happen, but that's a good goal to have. So as cliche as it may sound, our approach now is, and it's more progressive, is being smart on crime. This is not, as the critics would call, a hug-a-thug program. But if we can invest our very limited resources in a wise manner, for instance, a low-risk, nonviolent offender, if we can figure out their circumstance and what they need to improve, whether it's life skills, job skills, education, counseling, treatment, whatever that might be, and we can affect that now, so that they are now a positive contributing member of our community instead of continuing to prey upon it. All right, now we're now we're talking. That is the long game for public safety. We are actually making a difference. Now, there are some people that need to be locked up. Then they need to be locked up forever because they are very scary people. So it is our job to discern who is who and assess the appropriate consequences. But and that's what we mean by being smart on crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean that's a that's a very good philosophy. I think just kind of locking people up to lock them up isn't the best idea. So being able to rehabilitate people and make them functioning members of society, I think that's awesome. I mean, it's good to see a lot of DA's offices moving in that direction. I think um, throughout the state. So um, right, it's great. Um, so do you guys, since you're so close to Houston, do you? kind of see an overlap in your philosophy with like the I guess Harris County is what their DA's office would be do you kind of see an overlap with that or um do you kind of see you guys go different ways with your philosophies I think to some degree and like you said officers are moving that direction you know more generally these days Texas actually kind of leads the way in criminal justice reform which is uh people wouldn't think is the case uh but it, it's, it's hard to compare to Harris County, and here's why. We, we are, I'll say we're a large, mid-sized office, right? Fort County is the, uh, the, right now the eighth largest uh, county population-wise in the, in the state, but Harris is, is number one, okay? Um, the big five, Harris, Dallas, Tarrant, Bayer, Travis, those counties, right? Hundreds of lawyers couldn't possibly all know each other in an office, uh, so it, it works very differently. Mm-hmm. And in those counties, you know, the volume dictates the way you practice, okay? So your first day as a misdemeanor prosecutor in Harris, 
you may be handed a stack of files and told that this is your trial docket that's about to start. I sure hope your witness is sitting in the hallway. And you're like, wait, what? Okay, it has to work that way. They cannot stop to take a breath or they will drown because the volume is so high. So practice is very different in that office versus our office. The philosophy may be there, but the, the reality of how you apply it uh, might be different. So yes, they do have programs. They have diversion programs like we do, things like that. Um, and, and that's not the stuff that makes the news. It's always the, the violent crimes with the serious sentences that make the news anywhere you go. Uh, but the way you practice is different. And, that, and the way we do things is very different from a rural office where you can count all the lawyers on one hand. It's, mm -hmm. it's just you're finding the right fit and where you thrive is so important. But no, I don't think the office goals are in contradiction with each other. Um, at the same time, you kind of do your own thing. In uh, one office's practice doesn't really drive another office's practice. Yeah. What we do see is, you know, criminals don't respect county lines. And so we will have, obviously, uh, defendants here that are defendants in Harris County. And then we do work together to see, you know, who's going to take lead because whatever happens on one case might very well dispose of the others. So there is that kind of cooperation um, as is going to be common to any county in their surrounding counties, no matter where you are in the state. Um, you kind of mentioned diversion programs, and I think you spoke earlier that you're working on some more like mental health um, job opportunities as well with your office. Do you mind kind of speaking towards those diversion programs and the mental health um, positions? Sure. So, so we the the district attorney Brian Middleton uh, created diversion programs when he took office uh, back in 2019, and what what we created was various kind of cookie cutter diversion programs for you know your 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 simple misdemeanor marijuana possessions um, and in your shoplifting, your thefts, things like that. Uh, we have added some more complex diversion programs for maybe a first time DWI case and then some felony uh, drug cases. Now, we have, in addition to a diversion program run out of our office, there are many alternative sentencing options. And, and many counties have these, when you hear the term drug court, you know, that may not be a traditional probation uh, or, or obviously not a, not a prison sentence, but, but ways to uh, address folks' needs to improve their circumstance, like I mentioned before. Uh, in, in a way that has a long, a long lasting benefit. And so we have various things we can do. We can do as just a straight diversion program. We can put them in drug court. Uh, we also have DWI courts. We also have mental health court and we actually do have a mental health division. There's two lawyers in it and they handle anything and everything mental health. So that could be assisting another trial lawyer with a competency hearing um, on their trial, but it's also managing the mental health courts and those dockets, which is very specific for um, those individuals who, who are, yes, committing crimes, but have serious mental health issues that tie into maybe why that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so we, we do address those separately as well with uh, the best expertise we can. That's great. Um, so sort of shifting gears out of the office and into Fort Bend County itself. Um, what do you think of like life in Fort Bend County? Um, things to do, um, things people enjoy doing down that way. Um, for those of us, because I'm, I'm from out of state and I know there's a few 
Baylor folks that are from out of state. So um, kind of getting an idea of like what life is like in Fort Bend County area. Sure. It's great. So Fort Bend County is one of the most diverse counties in the nation. It is still the first or second most diverse county in the state. So it is a, a collection of cultures and that enriches you know, our, our existence here. And our office reflects our community. We have a very diverse office. And I mean, how best represent your community than to look like them and be them? And so just, uh, just the people that you meet and work with and represent and encounter in your everyday life, it's very enriching. Fort Bend has great school systems. They have a lot of uh, green space, a lot of parks. Uh, so there's a state park in our, in our county. Uh, we, have, we have event venues like the Smart Financial Center, and the county is, is this month going to open the Fort Bend County Epicenter, which is the county's own special events venue. Uh, hey, we, we get off fair day, right? So we have county fair. That's a holiday for us. So I mean, that's great. So, you, you know, we, we, have, we have a good quality of life, um, you know, that is a highly educated county. Um, but because of, of so many uh, different cultures and folks from, from other countries here, the literacy rate actually can be low because a lot of folks don't speak English. And so there are nonprofits and things like that that are very active and, and helping people assimilate you know, better. But um, yeah, it, it's a great place to be. I, I've raised you know, my whole family here and I'm very thankful for everything that, that happens at Fort Bend. We, you know, statewide, there is a problem uh, in prosecutors' offices, you know, recruiting and retaining prosecutors, and it's typically a money, a money factor. Um, we we have seen that issue, but not as bad as other places. Um, and the and the electeds talk about this when they get together. You know, we're blessed. People want to come here. It's it's a good place. It's a good place to live and work. And we're right next door to a major metropolitan area. So if you want to go to the theater or the opera or, you know, symphony, you know, those kind of things exist in Houston because of their size, right? We're also, you know, an hour from the coast, so you can go to the beach. Yeah. So lots of things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, it's a ways down to the beach from here in Waco. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You learn pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so shifting gears again, going towards like law students, what sort of advice do you have for law students that may be interested in coming down to Fort Bend County and um, interning or looking for a position down that way? Internships are, are great. I, I would say they're, they're required. If you want to be a prosecutor, you need to, you need to show that interest. Um, if you know, some people don't know and, and, and it's not going to keep you from getting a job. It just helps, right? But as great as internships are on your resume, if it doesn't say graduate at the top, right, or licensed, um, you know, we're not going to be able to hire you. And so academics are always the most important thing, right? Never want someone to sacrifice their academics for an internship. Uh, so, so that's really important. But I would say reaching out and, and they can reach out to me. Uh, we have a website. Uh, th there's an intern page on our, on our office website. My email is on there. So I'm easy to get hold of that way. But, you know, shooting a resume and cover letter. Um, I'd say, you know, after you graduate law school, if you're looking for, for a potential job opportunity, you know, send it then, send it before the bar. 
because we'll even take the time to interview you perhaps without you being here. And then all we're waiting for is to see if you, you know, pass the bar. Uh, and, and if we think we like you already, then we're going to try to get you to come here and intern here or something while you're waiting for bar results uh, to keep you this way. So, and if people are interested in interning, I'm, I'm that guy also. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so as we sort of wrap up here, um, is there any sort of last um, things that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about today or anything else that you wanted to mention about your office um, so that people that are interested could know? You know, I think I've, I've said it all, but I just can't reiterate that this is a, a great place to work with a lot of great people in the office. The The district attorney is, is you know, very ethical, high morals, uh, a family man, a man of faith, a man of integrity. Uh, and that's the kind of person you want for your DA, right? Yeah. And and he's very well liked in the community. And that, you know, politics are politics, but public service is, is what we're about. And uh, politics doesn't enter into our daily, you know, grind. That's not the way we look at our cases. And so we have folks, of, again, all backgrounds working for us. We have folks who, who were Republican judges working for us, uh, even though the boss is a Democrat. So we don't play those kind of games. We hire the best. Our goal uh, in that first in his first term was to be the best in Texas. And, and we think we've achieved that. And so now our goal is to simply be the best. We use best practices. We are evidence based in our prosecution. And so we are being the most responsible uh, that we can be with the the duty that's assigned us, right, uh, by our constituents. The DA uh, was unopposed in the last election, so he's in his second term. I think that alone says a lot about him. And and lastly, uh, he did win Prosecutor of the Year from the De Texas District County Attorneys Association and the State Bar um, just a year ago. So he has been recognized for what he has brought to our county in the sense of best practices and, and doing it the right way. And so we're very proud of, of that fact. And we're trying to, you know, influence others and like, hey, this is the way, you know, to do things. And this is the um, a, a very ethical, responsible way of, of conducting ourselves. Awesome. Well, I think you guys, it sounds like you guys have a great office down that way. And um, I'm sure there's plenty of Baylor folks that are interested. And uh, we thank you for your time. And uh, thank you all for joining and uh, listening us listening with us today and um, we'll catch you next time thank you for having me